Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh. Welcome to the Barcelona Blog Honest Podcast. Hope everyone had a good week. Uh, we are going to be joined by our old pal, Emil Avanesian, today. Talk a little bit about big picture thoughts on Barcelona. Ronald Koeman, Laporta. Might even talk about that messy fellow. Uh, before we get into that, there's there's a couple bits of Barcelona news I just want to hit. Um, Ansu Fati is close to a return, which is just great news for Barcelona. Uh, we've talked time and time again about how worrisome uh, his injury recovery was going to be, has been, um, but it seems like he is closer than ever to um, to making a return for Barcelona. He's back in training, and uh, you know it's all about timing here and just being patient, playing it carefully. Uh, Sergio Busquets takes a pay cut. He becomes the third kind of senior key guy to take a big pay cut alongside Jordi Alba and Gerard Piquet. Uh, apparently, Mr. Busquets also took a bit of a pay cut last year or some sort of deferral uh, during all the pandemic stuff. So he's going to be owed a little, he's going to be owed some sweetener money kind of on the back end of his career. Well, I guess he's already on the back end of his career. But as as Barcelona get more financially stable, he's definitely going to need a bit of cash. Um, <clears throat> and then finally, uh, Getafe match this weekend before the international break. And please, just just for the vibes going into the break, just just please win. That's just all I ask. I know we want every match to win, but especially going to, into an international break after a weird draw against Bilbao, just please, just beat Katafe. Okay. That's really all the news I got. Uh, we might see a messy debut this weekend. Hmm. Um, yeah. All right, everybody. 
Enjoy the interview with Emil, and I will talk to you next time. All right, everybody. Welcome to the interview. I'm joined by our old friend, Emil Avanesian. Emil, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, a lot has changed in the world since we last chatted. I, I think, honestly, it was like earlier this year, like January, maybe, maybe like a little bit later than that. Um, yeah, maybe January, February time. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. At, at that point, uh, we still had uh, a little guy named Messi at Barcelona. Um, if I would have asked you who lasted longer, Ronald Koeman or Lionel Messi, uh, that would have been an easy answer. Uh, but here we are. So I kind of want to hit some big picture topics with you since it has been a minute since we've chatted. Um, yeah. What, when I say that, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say a series of names, right? Uh, and I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on them how they've been performing their future, just, just Emil's perspective. Uh, R- Ronald Koeman. Sure. Ronald Koeman? Yes. Um, <clears throat> look, by and large, I mean, I think he's done kind of a, a credible job in that, I mean, he, he stepped into such a chaotic situation, you know, back when he, back when he was first brought in, the, you know, COVID and, the off season and the, you know, kind of the, the upheaval and the presidential election and kind of everything that came with it. I mean, the, the guys had to, I, I will say the guys had to kind of maneuver through a lot of sort of insane upheaval in a relatively short period of time. I do also think that he's done a good job of, I mean, I don't know if he's fully kind of, settled everything but he's he's done a good job of integrating young players in while also um i mean i guess he has kind of brought a certain there's a certain element of kind of stability to it because i think for now he isn't thought to be on the chopping block so it's um you kind of go with okay this this guy's the coach and we're we're going with him so i don't think every kind of every loss and every kind of tactical question is going to be blown as out of proportion as, as it might otherwise be. And do you think Messi being gone has sort of like, obviously, you know, if you're a manager in this world and you coach the, you know, the wonderful sport of football, you want Lionel Messi on your team, but do you feel like it's also kind of taken a little bit of weight off the world? Like he can, he can kind of run the system how he wants. Now there's not like some pressure from the fan base to get Messi more involved or to rely on Messi. Like we can, he can do his own thing. It's not Champions League or bust anymore. And yeah. he can just kind of do his thing. I think so. Um, and I think that's for a couple of reasons. One, it's it, it's a phenomenon that hardly started with uh, with Koeman. But sort of every year that Barca didn't win the Champions League was sort of one more, you know, sort of case study thrown onto the pile of, well, you guys just wasted another year of Messi's kind of superhuman prime. So one, there's no prospect of that. And secondly, um, the Messi's departure is not at all falling on his doorstep. You know, I mean, it's first and foremost, it's the fault of Bartomeu and the old board. And secondly, kind of a lot of the, a lot of the anger and ire is being thrown at Juan Laporta for, if nothing else, kind of um, either a lack of transparency or a lack of, I don't know, I mean, just a, a, 
it's either a lack of transparency or a complete misreading of the situation and what it was, you know, the, the feasibility of keeping messy and what that was going to entail. So the thing is the, the current and the former president have so much more blame being directed at them and kind of none of it is, no one's blaming Kumin for messy leaving. It's not like they had any kind of falling out or, you know, like the, it, wasn't, it wasn't some situation where a conflict between the two of them caused Messi to have to leave. Yeah, and so you 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 mentioned the name of the next person I wanted to talk about, uh, Juan Laporta, and I think there's there, there's been some discussion. He's definitely not as reviled of a person as uh, Bartomeu, not even close. Uh, although no. you know, give it a couple of years and we'll see. But um, <laughs> the, there was a bit of in the immediate post departure of Messi, there was some immediate kind of thoughts on how Laporta you know deceived us, blah blah blah. I think I tend to lean on the side of. Um, I don't think he was like I. I guess the one thing that threw me off, and this this may sound weird, is when Jordi Alba was quoted talking about how he wasn't asked to take a pay cut till after the Euros. That was like yeah. that was weird to me because I was like, either one, either Jordi's just trying to cover his butt that it took so long. I tend to believe that he probably wasn't approached. That he, I don't know why he would make that up. Um, and so it that just seems strange that that would be at the point where they were asking players to take pay cuts. Like that was the one that's like the, I guess the one knock I would have on Laporta. Not that he promised to bring yeah. Messi back because like, of course he's going to do that. It's a presidential election. Like I don't blame him for that. And I don't yeah. necessarily blame him for not even, I, cause I think he was transparent. I think he, as he was talking through it, like after the fact we saw Messi did want to stay. So the things that, right. the things that Laporta was saying leading up to the press release were all seemed to be all true, right? Like they had agreed on something like they were working towards it. Um, And so when I say the name Juan Laporta, like what, what do you think of him right now? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, look, he, he stepped into just a, like the grossest of situations, you know, just in terms of, I mean, the, the club is, like flat broke, you know, <laughs> they kind of brought him in and, you know, the, the thing was like, all right, cool. So cut 200 million euros of payroll, but somehow figure out a way to keep Messi around. And I understand like that was what he ran on because during the presidential election, when it was down to sort of, I believe uh, when the field kind of narrowed down to, I believe it was the last like three or four. Um, so it was basically, it was Laporta and Victor Font and, one of the other guys was a Bartomeu uh, sort of acolyte, so he was never going to make it. And but you know there was only one of the one of the candidates who kind of stepped up and said, like the situation here, the money situation is really bad. Like I don't think we can keep Messi. Like you guys know how much he makes, right? And kind of that sort of thing. And so that was never going to get you. I mean, that was never going to win you an election. Um, so I, I get that. Like where I kind of struggle with Laporta a little bit, I don't think he lied. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't know that he necessarily ran on the on the platform of I'm keeping Messi, you know, Messi will be back and all that, knowing full well that it was it was gonna blow up in his face. I think that he thought, um, so it's interesting, you know, the, there's a there's a book, I think I've kind of mentioned it periodically when we've spoken here. It's uh, Sid Lowe's book, uh, Fear and Loathing in the Liga. And it's fantastic. It's, it's like this comprehensive history of the, the Barca-Real Madrid 
rivalry. But one of the things when it gets to sort of contemporary Barcelona history, he talks about Joan Laporta and when he kind of first came in, in whatever it was, I guess like 04. And he describes him as uh, a lawyer by trade and a politician by nature. And so, I mean, I think he sort of, he knew kind of what to say to get reelected. I don't think he was lying, but I do also think that he assumed that there was some recourse. Like, I thought he thought that he had more outs, either in the form of uh, Javier Tebas, the La Liga president, kind of making some sort of making some sort of an exception and kind of, you know, whether whether it's just appealing to be like, OK, look, I know we're, we're afoul of all these other all, we're, I know we're afoul of all these uh, financial things. We'll take every restriction you want to give us, but come on, like you can't let us like you can't let us not have yep. Messi. I think it's kind that's, of like the, that's you know, like where... Larry Bird exception in uh, in the NBA. Yeah, where like you know the Celtics kind of in the eighties wound up in the situation where they're like Bird was going to be a free agent and they didn't have enough room under the cap to re-sign him. So the NBA basically said like we can't have Larry Bird not on the Celtics. So to re-sign your own players, you can go for the salary cap. So I think they kind of figured that like, he'd be able to broker some sort of a deal where Messi doesn't have to leave Barcelona because, you know, that's so unthinkable. No, I think that's I that's a hundred and the way you framed that, the the lawyer by nature, politician, or maybe it's the other way around, but whatever, politician by nature is yeah. um I think that's the perfect framing for thinking about it because I think even when the when the messy PR release first came out, I think that was that that was the initial reaction from a lot of people. Is like one, like wow, this got really far. Two, this is just a leverage thing. Like he's still going to be at Barcelona. Um, there was some conspiracy stuff with Real Madrid tweeting at the same time, uh, but it turns out they were just trolling. Um, yeah. And I, I I think you're right. I think I think Laporta thought that there would be some sort of and. I, I thought that there would be some sort of exception. I thought there's no way La Liga, like, you know. Yeah, actually, I thought, I thought so too. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I get you're trying to be on the up and up, right? Like, good for you, clean football, all yeah. that stuff. But, like, even I was like, listen, like, I'd be cool if you made an exception. Like, if, yeah, if it's I, bad for business, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really bad for business. Like, when Ronaldo left, like, it's not, it's like, you know, maybe 90, per, 75, 80% as significant as Messi leaving, but it was still very significant. We saw what that did. Yeah. And so it's like, are you guys really going to let this happen? And, and they did. Like, yeah. it, it happened. What's well, like in three straight years? I mean, it was one of those things. Like, in, I understand, I guess, theoretically, the, the league might be more kind of financially solvent if they're not paying, you know, $200 million to, like, three of the world's biggest superstars. But, like, what was it? In the span of three years? I guess in the span of four years, uh, your league lost Neymar, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Messi. And... You know, like there's the new there's the new ESPN deal, like for the uh, for the broadcast rights in the U.S. I mean, I can only imagine that uh, ESPN was kind of going through the fine print when you know when the the president of the league that they just agreed to give this money to kind of went on you know kind of aggressively made sure that the most marketable asset you know in the league like was no longer there. Like I imagine they have lawyers kind of figuring out if there were any escape hatches or anything. Yeah, that's just tough scenes. Um, back to the the actual, you know, the, the players that are still at Barcelona. Yes. What have your thoughts been on Memphis Depay thus far? 
Um, so I was initially not enthused when he was coming in because yep, like, he same had, here. Yeah. Like I, you know, there was so much about like his, his ego and, you know, he's, it's been said, like I've read just about, you know, he, he thinks of himself as a superstar on the, you know, on the level of like Neymar and Ronaldo and, you know, if not Messi, but at least like kind of that, you know, elite superstar class. And, you know, between that and, you know, would he be a good teammate? And then also he's had a couple of um, injury plagued seasons too. So it was kind of, even if he sorts all that out, you know, is he going to, can they keep him upright and sort of keep him on the field? Um, I mean, that last part is to be seen, but man, the dude looks awesome. <laughs> I really, I mean, I was wrong. I mean, <laughs> these, uh, the early returns are flying completely in my face. I mean, he's the, and I know this is one of the guys we'll probably end up talking about. So I'm going to sort of pair the two off. Cause I think it's pertinent. Um, like with Antoine Griezmann, when he arrived, right. He clearly very much wanted to be in Barcelona, but they'd, they'd kind of been working on the deal for, you know, who knows how long and everything. And he clearly wanted to be here, but the way that it's actually translated to on, on pitch performance, it's not that Griezmann has been bad, but I feel like he's, sort of very much in his own head. Like he, I don't, I don't have a strong sense that he fully knows where he fits. And I know maybe some of that was, you know, kind of the, he and Messi couldn't, you know, sort of fully get out of each other's way and things like that. But I feel like Griezmann is so much, um, like he's consciously trying to be a Barca player and sort of consciously trying to think of like, what are the things that I need to do to be a, a Barca star? And just whatever that is, that sense of the, and I don't want to say sense of the moment, but just kind of like the, the, the feel for the situation and just kind of that internal self-assuredness or whatever it is. Memphis doesn't seem to have those hangups. Like he just, he seems to know what he, like what he is and who he is as a player. Like he's incredibly gifted and he's very confident and, you know, everything, anything was going to be a, just a gigantic downgrade, you know, when, when Messi leaves, but um, he seems to be sort of for, for what was available, you know what I mean? For the, for the, for the caliber of player that Barca could actually get in the door. I mean, he seems to be kind of an ideal fit. He's very self-assured. Um, he, he seems sort of at least outwardly, and we'll see what the actual end results are during the season, but like, he seems very comfortable and, sort of happy to have this mantle of being the guy post Messi, like almost kind of like, don't worry guys. Like I gotcha. Like I'll, I'll take care of this and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Exact same sentiment. Um, I think when Kuman had started the, the, when the Memphis Depay rumors started initially, I was like, Oh, Kuman's just trying to bring in his guy. And I wasn't excited about it. I was disappointed. I was like, really, like, this is the kind of person we're going for. And as it continued, I was like, wow, he really, really wants him here. This is strange that this keeps coming up. And yeah. then, it, then it actually happened. I was like, he's really putting all his, you know, he's, he's putting all his chips in on Memphis to pie. And I have, <laughs> just like you, I've, it, it, it's, a, it's a short sample size, right? But I think just in what we've seen, um, it's been a minute since I've watched Memphis to play, play football. Like it's since he was at United and how physically yeah. imposing he is. Like he is, he, yeah. he, he, he's a physical menace and I, I, the talent and like you said, the confidence, 
I've been completely proved wrong. Like even if he, you know, has kind of a dud of a season, like just the the potential that I've seen yeah. has made me realize, like, oh, this is what Kuman wanted. Like he was right. This is this guy's perfect for what Barcelona need right now. And I, you know, I still don't think. Um, I doubt in you know a year from now we'll be talking about the great season that Memphis Depay led Barcelona to the you know the Champions League La Liga double. Like I don't see, um, I don't see him being the best player on a Champions League winning team, but he's an unbelievable piece, especially for the money they paid for him. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he can he can be the best. He could probably be the best player on a team that wins this iteration of La Liga. And you know, and yeah, I think if if nothing else, he's yeah, he never seemed kind of, you know, you come in on a free transfer, like ultimately, you know, people aren't that that jazzed about you coming. I mean, most people are probably, you know, local fans are probably indifferent at the time that he arrived. And then, you know, you pair that with, now I'm stepping into the shoes of sort of the greatest thing that's ever happened to the sport. And he hasn't been overwhelmed and he hasn't kind of tried to do too much. Like he's just doing kind of, what it is he can do it's playing he's just playing well the way he plays yeah uh so let's talk about the opposite side of uh transfers yeah. uh sergio aguero yeah um and i was really pumped when uh were you really they, uh, well i just i really like sergio aguero like it wasn't based on like i know he's been hurt i know he's <laughs> i know he's getting old and like you know and just the, the injuries are accumulating and you know i i didn't think he was going to come and be sort of you know whatever, like Suarez 2.0 or anything like that. But I was just kind of, well, also at the time it was, it seemed like Messi was going to stay too. So I was kind of like, I was just generally pumped. I was like, cool, Messi's going to stay. And then we have like Sergio Aguero, who I've really liked for all these years, like get to watch him play for Barca. So like, you know, he'll come on, come in off the bench and like, that'll be fun. If anything, I just thought it was going to be fun. You know, like it just, it'd be cool. Like players that you like when they, you know, when they put on the, when they put on your team shirt, like it's, it's great. Um, like, I, I hate that I'm constantly staring it back to NBA stuff, but like, um, I'm a, like, I'm a lifelong Laker fan and I have no time for any conversations about how like Russell Westbrook doesn't fit tactically on the Lakers. You know what? You can, you can just tell that to someone else. Cause I am just, I am jacked to see Russell Westbrook in purple and gold. And like that alone is going to kind of sustain me for, you know, probably the entire season. It says a lot that you, uh, when you think of Sergio Aguero joining Barcelona, you uh, equate that to Russell Westbrook joining the Lakers. No, I, you know, I should, I should probably walk that back. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm guessing Russ is going to have a better season than, than Sergio. Here's the but, thing. The Aguero yeah. thing could still happen. Like, cause I'm with you. I think I, if, if you look at it through the, through the frame of his reputation and like, oh, yeah. they're expecting him to be Suarez. But if you actually look at like the money and the fact that he came in on a free, yeah. and um, I actually I think I read a report this morning that they're they're actually like getting really close to being able to register him. So maybe mm-hmm. in the ten weeks when he comes back, again, if we get to see him in a handful of matches off the bench, then yeah. you know, then I guess it was worth it. Uh, he clearly doesn't want to be here anymore, which is also super strange. Like I. I also don't blame him. Like he came to play with his like, friend. He was just genuinely coming to play with Messi. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was just going to hang out with Leo and like, just, yeah. I mean, the same thing happened to him, right? Like I think he wanted to stay at city or yeah. am I misremembering that? Was it the other way around? The city wanted him and he left or was it vice versa? He wanted to stay. No, at I think like, I think at this point, like he was pretty settled there and he's just like such a legend there. But I think at that point, like 
I think the will they won't they of him and Pep Guardiola because like Guardiola sort of like deprioritized him a couple times during during the over the years, but like Aguero was just constantly better than whatever they had. He was like he was constantly the best striker. Like I think Guardiola underestimated him a couple times or sort of assumed he was getting older or whatever. But Aguero was constantly just sort of good enough to to like smack aside any any competitors they put us on. But I think it was just kind of that, that relationship. I think it just sort of run its course. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's shift away from Barcelona for a few minutes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, yeah. And wrap up talking about two other teams. Um, so, what are your for forget Messi and Barcelona's past? What are your thoughts on PSG? Um, I mean, look, like on on paper, <laughs> on paper, they're pretty awesome. Um, you know, kind of the. Like the so, okay. So I'm going to put my personal feelings about kind of the the messy thing aside. But it's funny. I was having a conversation just yesterday about the the messy PSG thing, and I think like we assume that they're going to go into the season with Mbappe, right? Like the I don't know. I saw no. I mean, no. There. I I am at this point after the reports yesterday from. um, Gosh, how how do you say? Is it Fabrizio Romano? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I like, I I, I think Mbappe is gone. I think after the PSG sporting director's quotes about him, yeah, Leonardo kind of like yeah, yeah. he hundred percent threw him under the bus. And the thing is, like, I think if you're looking at a game of chicken, right, and it's like who's gonna blink first when Real could just get him on a free and like, I guess for four months they could sign him on a preemptive free contract. Like, I I don't know why PSG would hold out much longer, but. So I have I have two kind of thoughts on that. So one, I think like as much as any club outside of, you know, I guess outside of like Manchester City, um, like money is completely sort of incidental to to PSG. Like I feel like it's almost like and I'm 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 playing absolute like pop psychologist. And I mean I have no idea. I'm not in these people's heads, but I, I feel like it's almost worth more to PSG to not have to sell anyone to Real Madrid and essentially just be like, no, we don't need your 160 million. We're going to keep our guy for as long as we want. And then you can have, like, we decide when you get our players. Like you don't decide when you get our players, like our money, you, like money means nothing to us, you know, like kind of, so I think there's that element. No, I mean, it. like, I, I, I really like that angle, like the, uh, the testosterone fueled oil money deck. I, I like that angle. Cause I, I could hundred percent see that. I mean, can you imagine like, I mean, look, it's like Florentino Perez and like, like a petro trillionaire, you know, like there's, there's egos involved here, you know, like just epic, epic egos involved. So, I mean, I think there's that, but also I was talking to somebody else. And again, like, I don't know what Messi's kind of like the, the family situation is. Like, I don't know if the, I don't know if his uh, Antonella and the kids are staying here or moving to Paris or, you know, whatever, but like, 
every account, like everything you ever hear about Messi is like, he is absolutely nothing but family guy, doesn't go out, like wants to do nothing but hang out with his kids and hang out with his wife. And just like, that's his, that's his deal. You know, now I know there's a bunch of like friends from uh, like the Argentina national team and also Neymar in Paris. So, I mean, his kind of in that sense, like he's not kind of a total stranger in a strange land type of thing. But I do wonder sort of, you know, when it comes to like mid-January, right? And like PSG are like, I don't even know, like 40 points up already in, in league on. And, you know, they essentially just barely need to show up for, for the handful of games just to lock up the league, right? And if the Champions League isn't definitely a thing that's happening, possibly even if it is, right? But like, when it's like, you know, it's cold and rainy in Paris and your family's in Barcelona and you would come around, you wanted to see more. Like, I wonder if, like, not that his talent, like, not that he won't try, but I'm like, will his kind of like spark and passion and like heart be fully into it? When it's just like, okay, so we just, we thumped another like anonymous French team, you know, eight to one. And, you know, like, and if they don't win the Champions League, like, what what happens then? Like, what kind of like? I mean, that's a that's like a cataclysmic result, right? I like, like this. If you look, it's all downside for them. Man, I I really like how you're setting this up because <laughs> I think I'm, I'm I'm all about it too. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm none of this is like uh, for affect. I that's fully how I how I think it goes. Yeah, especially uh, if. Um, if Mbappe leaves, right? Like if mm. if they let him leave, I could 100% see a scenario where like, oh, Neymar picked up a hamstring problem. All of a sudden, yep. it's just messy and still a great, you know, still a great team. But yeah, it's like the parties there. Yeah, and like, you know, they have good players. But. You know, enough to win Ligue 1, like you mentioned, because especially mm. their their competition is kind of uh, uh, floundering already two weeks into the season. But um, yeah. In the Champions League, right? Like, what if they're freaking matched up against Byron in like the the quarterfinals? Neymar's yeah. hurt, Mbappe's gone. All of a sudden, it's Messi and Icardi. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. could 100% see that, but I could also see the scenario where all three of them are fine and nothing's even close ever, and they they just win everything. Yeah, they just steamrolled. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Because what was it two years ago? I mean, they without Messi, they you know they excuse me, they lost in a, they lost by a goal in the final. I mean, so it's, it's not like they're, you know, sort of a million miles off, but I just, I feel like the whole thing kind of now, I feel like if, for something that's so kind of devastating and kind of sturdy and intimidating, like the, the Achilles heel, I feel like is, I feel like there's a certain fragility to it that isn't immediately kind of what comes to mind, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, like I don't know, I don't know that it works. I mean, what does it even feel like if if it does work, right? So, I mean, I'm sure Messi and Neymar would be thrilled to win the Champions League together or something. But you know, it, like this was what it all came down to was when it came out that Messi couldn't stay here anymore, and you know, and it came out that it was PSG. My only thought was like, dude, just either like retire or go to Argentina because like, what is like, what does a league on winner's medal do? Like, I mean, you just probably give that to your kids to play with, right? Like, you just, like, 
what is that? Like, it's just, it's a league he probably never has given a second thought to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just kind of like, we're going to go, we're going to steamroll these guys. And like, yeah. If it did really catch him off guard uh, as much as it seemed like it did, mm-hmm. where he kind of expected Laporta to figure things out, he couldn't, mm-hmm. and then he was blindsided. Um, I could see it being difficult to... I don't know. I mean, what you're saying is like 100% correct, right? Like, even if he wins the Champions League, like, it's going to feel probably, I would guess, like a little shallow for him. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing. Um, that's why the fact that City were never really in it surprised me so much. Like, I could see him wanting to do the England thing, wanting to the, the Pep, you know, reunification. It, like, I, I guess even a Champions League medal with City wouldn't mean that much. But again, maybe this is me over. But at least he would, and the, the thing that I don't buy into at all, like I never, never conversations with people here. And I know a couple of them are uh, just friends of mine here who, you know, aren't Spanish or Catalan, but like, you know, one of them, like just Italian and like, Dutch friends that I've got here. We also like to just kind of needle and kind of, you know, kind of stir things up. But, um, but I've never bought into the whole, like, you know, man, it sure would be nice to see Messi prove himself in another league. Like that, like there is, nothing he has left to prove that being said like if he was going to leave there is a higher degree of difficulty in winning the the premier league than there is you know winning league on with um with psg no less <laughs> like it's not like you went to marseille or something it was like hey, we're and, and maybe that's why he doesn't like he doesn't care about proving anything anymore maybe it was just like I don't, there, there's not a ton of work that has to be done. Like PSG can afford me. Like, yeah, PSG can pay me well. I can stay in Europe and yeah. uh, that, and then we'll figure yeah. things out. Paris is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Two, two years down the road, either I'll go back to Barcelona or I'll head home to Argentina or MLS and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I could actually see that being the case. This is sort of like, like it's not fully like a, a working retirement, but it's kind of like there's, there's so much help on hand. Look, I understand too. He's like, there's a, probably a decent chance that he's kind of tired from having to sort of hoist Barcelona on his back so much over the last, like, definitely over the last like four years. But you know, over the past, I'd say even like six or seven. So I understand that there's probably a little bit of like appeal to having just such able-bodied sort of running mates. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it looks like he's having a lot of fun in training from all the pictures I'm seeing. A lot of smiles coming around. Yeah, well, there's like, what is that? I think there's like four four of the Argentinian guys who who he's played with on the national team. And I mean, like, he and Neymar were sending each other, like, love letters through the, through the press for, like, the last three years. So, I mean, no, I mean, I get it from that perspective. He's like, yeah, it's great. Like, I'm, I'm kind of hanging out with my friends, and we're not at risk of losing a game until, you know, probably like the quarterfinals of the champions league or something. Yeah. Okay. So last question to wrap up, um, La Liga power rankings right now in terms of not in terms of who's best at the moment, but in terms of, I guess your favorites to win the league, who do you have? Um, so, I mean, the, the Mbappe thing is obviously a huge, huge variable. Um, because I do think like the, I think the top four will be kind of the the top four that we that we presume, you know, Barcelona, Madrids, and and Sevilla. Um, like I actually do think Sevilla is a really good sleeper 
option, and especially in this season. I I haven't seen enough of Atleti yet to know exactly where they fall on their kind of like I know they're very good, but I don't know if they're kind of is this the best iteration of Atleti that you know during the Simeone era or where that falls. Um, I I think it's going to come down to there's there's a part of me that kind of likes Barca to win the league, like particularly because like it's such a buy low situation, you know, like everyone everyone gets to play so freely because sort of everyone's being viewed as like some sort of hacks and like, you know, some sort of underwhelming, like, you know, kind of, you're not messy. And so everyone's kind of disappointed, but I'm actually going to say Barca comes second. I think I'd like to win it again. Uh, yeah. If, if Madrid, if, if Real gets, get Mbappe, that can obviously, you know, that's obviously a big, big factor, but um, I did, I'm going to say Atleti, Barca, uh, and without Mbappe, then I say Sevilla third and Real Madrid actually fourth. I, I, I did find it funny. Uh, Bleacher Report had a, uh, and this is just, you know, you, you got to harvest the influence or whatever, but they, they, they had a picture of uh, Benzema, Mbappe, and Hazard, and they were like, imagine this front three. And I was like, really? Are we putting Hazard in this at this point? Wow. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, I know he's a, he's a name. But... Oh, that, that, that's all it is. Like, I, I get what they're doing, but I just thought that was so funny that like, yeah. wow, even as like a, as an Instagram thing, we're still putting Hazard up there, but you know, yeah, no, I mean, tough. Benzema and mm-hmm. Mbappe together would be uh, incredible to watch. But I mean, from, that would be wild. from a football fan's perspective, from a Barcelona perspective, that would suck, but uh, yeah, they, be they would be pretty <laughs> fun to play together. So give us uh, what you've been working on recently before we head out. Yeah, so I mean, um, I've been doing uh, actually quite a bit of sort of uh, writing about basketball history, <laughs> both. Uh, at Forum Blue and Gold and at uh, uh, Sports Collectors Daily. And in addition, I've actually just been, uh, I'm helping a, a company here, a European company, who's starting to do some uh, coverage of the NFL. And I'm uh, writing a lot about the NFL and writing and editing articles about uh, about the NFL. I can send you, uh, I'll send you a link to, to post wow. that. But. Yeah, so right now it's still kind of the uh, the the accumulating accumulating content and cleaning up content and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's funny. Like my my wife can't get enough of it. She's you you left the United States and moved across the ocean, and someone's like, "Hey, you want to write about the NFL?" <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of what I've been up to. I mean, every month. I feel like or every time I have you on, I mean, like you were writing about like restaurants and the economy last year. Yeah. Now you're writing about the NFL. There's we're going to that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're just like a, a man of many tastes. So yes, send us a link to that. <laughs> we will put it in the, uh, the show notes and Emil, thank you for joining us as always. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Anytime.